0: Isaiah 2, 2-3, through 3, I'd like to read it to you from the New Living Translation, if I may. It says, In the last days, I believe we're there, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all. And then it says this, The most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. So, when we talk about raising up a, a local church, a, a building that we can be even more comfortable in. You know, the Lord shared this with us. You know, for a number of years, Pastor Michelle and I just, we, we rented a place to live. The Lord had brought us out of debt a number of years ago. And uh, in nine months, he eradicated over $200,000 worth of debt. And uh, uh, we were so grateful. And we just waited. We, we, didn't feel, we didn't feel like he didn't want us to, but we did not feel a strong leading to go buy a home and, uh, when we, when the Lord told us to move here, told me, he'd already told her, I was dragging my feet, told us to move here, though. Uh, we got here, and, uh, immediately, uh, you know, we were in the same process. We were just renting a place to, to live, and I was perfectly content with that for the rest of my life, if that's what he wanted us to do. But he began to deal with our heart about buying a home. And, uh, so eventually we did, and, and, you know, back in April we moved into our home, so we're so grateful. But there's something about walking into a home that you own that's so comforting. Is that right? This is my home. And, and it just produces a, a security. And the Lord said to me, he said, imagine how you and your church are going to feel when you move into your own building, how much comfort you're going to feel. Amen? And so we appreciate this. The landlords have been very gracious and, and they've allowed us to do whatever we want to do. But for people to stream from all over the world to worship, we've got to have more than 142 seats. Amen? And I believe... That it's going to be on a hill of blessing. The Lord said, I'm going to give you a place of high exposure. I believe that. I don't know what all that means. I know in Little Rock, there's a lot of hills. So any church I'm looking for is on a hill. Amen. Hallelujah. Hopefully, we won't have to walk up a hill to get to church. Amen. We might, but amen. We'll do our best. Amen. So that's what we're believing God for. Amen. And if you'd like to sow into that tonight or today, you certainly may. Uh, Again, just uh, uh, make your envelope to the Ezra project. And there's no gift too uh, small and certainly no gift too large uh, that you can sow into the work of the Lord. Amen. When you're ready to give today, let me bless that giving. Father, we thank you for those that are giving into this project that you've asked us to undertake. And, Father, we thank You that it's becoming more and more clear to us every day what You want us to do. And even in the season that we're in in the world, Father, we thank You that the clarity of the Holy Spirit is a constant in our lives. And we thank You for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can certainly bring your giving today. God bless you and thank you. Praise the Lord. Uh, John chapter 7 And we want to continue with this that we began uh, a couple Sundays ago, skilled in the flow, skilled in the flow. And uh, in John chapter 7 and verse 37 is where we'll begin. And, of course, this was during the time of the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, a very joyous time in the nation of Israel. Uh, when they celebrated their deliverance and their freedom, and their are from bondage and from slavery. And uh, Jesus had went to this celebration, and it says that it was on the last day in verse 37, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly, or out of his... Spirit, out of his inner being, will flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So each day during the Feast of Tabernacles, the priest would bring water, uh, symbolic of the water that was supplied in the, from the rock, in the wilderness. You can see that in Exodus 17. He would bring water from the pool of Siloam. The pool of Siloam ran under the temple. And he would bring water from the pool of Siloam in a golden picture. And during the procession, they would quote Isaiah 12, 3, with joy you'll draw water from the wells of salvation. And they would dance in the street and people would be singing and shouting and dancing and and just rejoicing in the goodness of God. In this setting, Jesus stands up and he says, If you're thirsty, anybody, come to me. Because Because as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Amen. Many years ago I was reading this and the Holy Spirit brought this to my attention. He said, notice he said that rivers of living water would flow from that person and it began to help me see that there's a Holy Spirit flow for every area of our life for every area that that you have need of there's a Holy Spirit flow I've talked to ministers over the years and they say how do you avoid the grind of ministry I say get in the flow there's a flow for ministry there's a Holy Spirit flow for ministry there's a Holy Spirit flow for my marriage, for my parenting, for every area of my life, and so there are seven different things that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do, or seven different flows. And we we went over them some last week. I'm not going to uh, spend any time uh, uh, going over them in depth because we're going to take them one at a time. But I will give you them. He said, number one, he would teach us all things, right? Then he said he would bring to our remembrance what is taught. Thirdly, he would reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. And then, fourthly, guide us into all truth. Fifthly, speak what he hears. And sixth, show us things to come. And seventh, he said he would glorify Jesus. So what we want to hone in on today is Jesus said the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth. So there is a flow of guidance that will lead me into truth. Amen. In John 16 and verse 13, notice what Jesus says. John 16 and 13, it says, Now, how be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come? And it's important to remember that of all the names that Jesus used for the Holy Spirit, He used the Spirit of truth the most. He called Him the Spirit of truth the most. And we talked about that the other Sunday. He will guide you into all truth. When He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. And notice, he's guiding, and then he says, into all truth. This is such an important flow for the believer to become skilled in. Because as a believer, I have access to the one who will guide me into all truth. He lives within me. So then I don't have to look for outside sources to tell me what is truth. I have the guide in me that will guide me into all truth. Do you see that? And so we, we used the, the scripture last week. Jesus, before Pilate, he said, if you were of the truth, you would hear me. What I speak is truth. And remember what Pilate said? What is truth? It is a hard existence when you have no access to truth because truth is what liberates. John chapter 8, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Well, how do I know the truth? It's not just by knowing what's in the Word. That's, that's, a, that's the major part of it. It's knowing the guide that leads me into all truth That helps me know truth. Amen. I've I've, I've been sitting with people before, and they've said something to me, and right here I heard, that's not true. You know, I'm not trying to catch them in a lie, but you can't lie to the Holy Ghost because he is truth. In the book of Acts chapter 5, you don't have to go there, but in the book of Acts chapter 5, we often talk about this this uh, 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 story in, in terms that I don't believe it's meant to, to be told in, Ananias and Sapphira came, and it said they sold the property for such an amount, but then they brought, they kept back part of it, which wasn't wrong, but they told the disciples, this is what we sold it for. And remember Peter looked at Ananias, he said, hmm, how is it that Satan convinced you to lie to the Holy Ghost? You've not lied to men, you've lied to God. Now, now think about that. Now people often say, well, it was judgment and God killed them. God didn't kill them, their lie killed them. Their lie did it. But but notice something. No, notice what, I'm, what I want to point out. Peter didn't have any spies running around their house, peeping in, right? They, they weren't running around peeping Ananias business dealings. No, he stood before him, and the Spirit of truth that leads and guides into all truth was there. And when the question was asked, the response was not just to Peter, it was to the Holy Ghost. When you deal with people that have the Holy Spirit, you want to be honest and truthful because you're not just dealing with people, you're dealing with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are you following me? And so, He's the Spirit of truth that guides me into truth. The Woos Bible says He will lead you into all the truth. The Phillips translation says He will guide you into everything that is true. The Jerusalem translation says He will lead you into the complete truth. So when a believer that's led by the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit, when they look at certain things, they can hear and see and know things that other people don't have privilege to. Because they're, notice, it says they are hearing and seeing the complete truth. That's important. Because very often in charismatic Pentecostal circles, we kind of boil the Holy Spirit down to two areas, speaking in tongues and moving in the gifts. Well, that's true and important and vital. But the Holy Spirit lives in me to help me live a life of truth. Amen. He is the Spirit of truth. So there's never a reason for a believer to be at a loss as to what the truth is. Well, you know, I don't know. Was that guy lying to me or not? I checked the Spirit of truth. check the guide. If we'll become skilled in this flow, the spirit of truth will guide us into all truth. Now, the word guide means to lead one's way. To lead one's way. Or to be a guide or to be a teacher. To lead one's way, to be a guide, to be a teacher, to show the way. And so we get this idea of what he does. Leading is not pulling. Guiding is not pushing. Teaching is not making. When someone tells you the Holy Spirit made them do something, that's wrong. Because He 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 influences. He uh, uh, opens doors. He will speak to you, but He won't make you. Why? Because of your will. Are you following me? So, leading is not pulling. If the Holy Spirit had to pull somebody, that person's rebellious. Right? I should be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that when He starts moving a direction, I know He's moving and I just follow Him. That, that... The pillar of fire by day and the pillar of cloud, or the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night was symbolic of the Holy Spirit in the wilderness. And notice something. The Bible says that when the pillar moved, they moved. When the fire moved, they moved. When the Holy Spirit leads you, just go. Just follow him. Well, where are we going? He knows where he's at. Just follow him. Amen. So a guide. Is not pushing. If you're guiding, you're out front. A guide, you can't guide from the back. I mean, you can, but it's a little difficult. Because we're following a person, we're following the Holy Spirit. He's guiding us, and where is he guiding us? Into all truth. So when you have a question, ask the teacher. When you have a question, ask the leader. That's why he's there. We talked about how each part of the Godhead has their uh, role. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. God the Father has up to this point and, and for however long until Jesus returns for the church. The Bible says he's turned all judgment He's turned all running of the universe, if you can put it that way, all authority into the hands of Jesus. Right? That's, it. That's the Father's role right now. But he said that there will be a day when Jesus will turn and return all authority back to the Father. Is that right? So Jesus' primary job is to intercede for us, amen, and to hold the authority that God gave him. The Holy Spirit's job, these seven flows tell us. God, the Holy Spirit. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all God with different functions. And the Holy Spirit is the communication arm of the Godhead. And He's communicating with you. We talked about last week, He's the Spirit of truth. He's guiding you into all truth. He's telling you things to come. He's showing you things to come. He's bringing things to your remembrance. So every person in here, you have a spiritual satellite receiver on the inside of you called the Holy Spirit, and the signal comes from heaven, and the Holy Spirit receives it, and you know what to do. Amen. It's so important. I'm so glad you're led by the Spirit. I'm glad you're a congregation that's led by the Spirit. In the season that we're in, it's so important that we're led by the Spirit. It's so important that we know what truth is. Amen. In John 14 and verse 16, am I helping you so far? Hallelujah. So that that's why he's there. I've asked believers before. They'd say, well, I just don't know what the right decision is. I said, well, what do you have peace about? Well, I I don't know. Well, see, they haven't asked the guide. Holy Spirit, what do I need to do here? Yeah, but I need an answer today. Well, if it's God's will today, it'll be God's will tomorrow. Just just hang on for an answer. Amen. Right? Hang on for an answer. Yeah. Let, let Him know what, 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 what you're asking. Am I helping you? John 14, 16. Jesus said, I will pray the Father or ask the Father, and He will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Well, the comforter we know is the Holy Spirit or the spirit of truth that does what? Leads us into all truth. Jesus when he was on the earth was the only Holy Spirit that the disciples knew. Because Jesus said the day's coming when the comforter will come, you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost and he remember what he said? He said he has been with you, but he shall be in you. Is that right? Well, how had he been with them in the person of Jesus? And so Jesus said, I'm going to send you another comforter, another one. In other words, if, if I looked at you and I said, I'm going to give you another Bible like that one, right? Then it's a, it's a different Bible, but it's the same. So he said, I'm going to send you another comforter, another one, right, just like me, that he may abide with you forever. In other words, I'm not going to abide with you in my physical presence forever. I've got to go to the Father so the Comforter can come. But the Comforter that I'm sending, he's going to come and he, he's going to stay with you forever. He, amen. He's not going to have to leave. He's not going to have to go. The only member of the Godhead in the earth is the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus is here because he said where two or three of us get together, but how is he here? He's here in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's here because where the Holy Spirit is, Jesus is because the Holy Spirit is bearing witness of Jesus and glorifying Jesus. And so every time I'm led by the Holy Spirit, it's that communications arm of the Godhead that's telling me what God wants me to do and telling me the direction that God needs me to go. Okay. Amen. Right. Amen. And notice, notice, he abides. Amen. Right. Remember that song we sang growing up in church? Abiding in the vine. Yeah. Abiding in the vine. Yes. Amen. Right. Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, that then you'd ask what you will and it would be done for you. Right? But the key is abiding. This, this is so important. It can sound so simplistic, but it's so important. To abide means it's, it's to settle down, to take root. The Holy Spirit abides in me. He never leaves. Hallelujah. Notice it says He will abide with us forever. Forever. Now, when you look in the Greek, it's two different words. Forever. And the only one that has a definition is ever. But it means this. Unbroken age. Or perpetuity of time. You know, when you say something's perpetual, it's just again and again and again and again and again. Unbroken age. The Holy Spirit... The Spirit of truth, the one that guides me into all truth, has settled down within me, taken up residence in me, taken down and put down roots in me, and he will be there that way forever. Glory to God. God. Hallelujah. And so when I get up in the morning, he's there. When I go through my day, he's there. When When I go to bed, he's there. And he never sleeps. He never slumbers. So while I'm asleep recharging my batteries, the Spirit of truth is ready to reveal things to me in the morning and guide me into all truth. I can go to bed at night with a question and say, Holy Spirit, I need an answer. I need you to tell me what to do. And wake up in the morning with the answer in my spirit, guided into all truth. Amen. See, now natural people can't understand that. And Scripture says that in 1 Corinthians 2. It says, "It says the natural mind does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Amen. And that's why when you tell natural-minded people, I'm not talking about sinners. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about maybe even believers that are just natural-minded. And you say, well, God told me this, or the Holy Spirit said, what? God speaks to you? Well, they Right? Or they come up with all kinds. Of, I was talking to a person one time, and I said, well, the Lord... Asked me to do this. Well, now, are you sure? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not asking you to just put 100% utmost confidence in me that I can't miss it. But, you know, I try not to use that word flippantly, the Lord said. Right? Because the Lord needs to say it if I say the Lord said it. But, but here's the point. If I, if I came up to anybody in this room that I have, and I have confidence in all of y'all, so if I, if I came up to you and I said, well, you know, what are you going to do about this? Well, the Lord says, you know, or I, I sense the Holy Spirit leading me here. Okay, now you've got the direction to go. Yeah. A natural person will go, I don't know about that. Right? That's why you got to unhook this from this. Yeah, yeah. I've got to be led here. I don't, I don't discount this. I make wise decisions. But this is the decision maker, not here. Right? Oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. And notice he abides with me forever. That means this. I will always have access to the spirit of truth. There will never be a day that I don't have access to the spirit of truth. And I can always be guided into all truth or complete truth, or every bit of truth. Amen. And, and your words go a long way with that. Don't talk about how hard making decisions is. Ah, it's just the hardest thing in the world to make decisions. No, it's not. Not, not when all you got to do is listen. Right? Now, there are things you've got to do, and I understand, just natural things. You know, you don't pray about taking a shower. You need one. That's nothing you need to pray in tongues about. <laughs> You'll hear a word of wisdom. Yay, my son, quickly, quickly. <laughs> ah, moving right along. But 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 as a general rule, I make you gotta make your decisions. We make our decisions by the Spirit of Truth. Amen. That's that's so important. Uh um, I've learned this over the years. Uh uh I was I was listening to uh well actually Miss Pat Harrison was in our in our church and she was talking about the Holy Spirit being your friend. And you know her favorite statement is I love the Holy Ghost because he is to me everything Jesus said he would be. Amen. I stole that from her. Now I told her so it's not really thievery, but uh, she was talking about uh, her uh, car dealer called her up and said, your lease is up on your uh, current car. Uh, are you ready to come down and renew on a new one? And she said, here's what she said. I told him, well, I need to pray in the Holy Ghost about it. I wrote in my notes, she prayed in the Holy Ghost about a lease. Right? Because that's the spirit of truth. Yeah. And, you know, I took that. And, and, and my wife really grabbed a hold of it. And well, not too long ago, we went to trade a vehicle in because of the, of the mileage on it. And uh, uh, we tried to, try to stay debt-free where vehicles are concerned. And uh, we took it down. And, uh, uh, again, just asking the Holy Spirit, where do we need to go? And he told us to go to a certain dealership. And so uh, uh, we went down there. And uh, we're trading the vehicle in. And uh, the guy uh, was out looking at, you know, the guy that makes the decision how much they're going to give you for it and whatnot. Well, every time we go, we say we get we get top price for our trade-in, and we have to look at the blue book value. And the blue book value was nine thousand dollars, nine thousand dollars. That's pretty decent. And uh, the guy was out there looking at it, and I was looking at the car I was going to buy, and he's looking at the one that they're going to (laughs) buy. And. uh, he said, oh, this is clean. You take good care of it. I said, yeah, we, we, we take good care of our vehicles. And he said, oh, okay. And, and he went in and had the number. I was, I was taking this over for a test drive. And he went in, and, and we sat down after a little bit, sat down at the table. And uh, he said, well, the guy said, well, here's what they've decided to give you for uh, your car. said, uh, what were you expecting? We said, well, the, you know, the blue book is this amount, $9,000. He said, well, here's the amount we're giving you, 13000 raises and bonuses amen hallelujah now now you you think about that and you say well 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 you know is that is it that important three thousand dollars important right now yeah four thousand i'm sorry see i have people with the spirit of truth they're guiding me amen (laughs) amen but, 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 you know, that the, the dealership wasn't just down the street. It was, it was 40 minutes away or so, but that's where we felt led to go. Yeah. Amen. When, when, and I'm going to talk about this in a moment. When you know the Holy Spirit's leading you somewhere, don't let outside things talk you out of doing what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Well, that's just not comfort. Don't, don't let comfort talk you out of doing what the Holy Spirit's telling you. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see this? Our responsibility is to allow the guide to guide. Allow the leader to lead. Brother Copeland was flying with a man one time, and they kind of hit some turbulence, and the guy got real tense, and Brother Copeland looked at him. He said, look, just, just settle down. He said, the airplane will fly itself. Airplanes don't want to crash. There has to be something wrong with them for them to crash. It knows how to fly. You get that airplane in the air, it knows how to stay up there. Does that make sense? You've got to let the leader lead and let the guide guide. That's what he's there for. I know something is true when I was led there. If if I'm not led there... It may or may not be a good thing. Again, I don't think you need to be led where you go eat today. You may, but <laughs> might be a good idea. I, I, I know you need to pray for everybody that's handling your food. But my point is if, if you just, if you got a choice between this restaurant and this restaurant, you know, again, I don't know that you need to pray in the Holy Spirit about where to go, but here's... Here's the point about this. I know something is true when I was led there. If I'm led there, I'm where God wants me to be. But I, what's my job? Make sure I'm led. I, I stepped off the steps one day, uh, coming downstairs, and when my foot hit the floor, the Lord said, if you want to get ahead, be led. That's the key. If you want to get ahead, you got to be led. And so the spirit of truth is our guide not circumstances Acts chapter 27 Mhm And verse 9 Say it out loud. I'm led by the spirit of truth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It says, verse 9, when much time was spent and sailing was dangerous, because the fast was already passed, Paul admonished them, said, Sirs, I perceive. Now, this is important because notice he didn't say, I feel or I think. He said, I perceive. You never feel in your spirit. You perceive in your spirit. The spirit perceives. Feeling is all about the flesh and the soul, right? Well, that did. I've heard people say, "I didn't feel right in my spirit." Well, I understand what they're saying, but in reality, that was your spirit rejecting what you were hearing. It's a perception. All right. So he said, "I perceive." That what? This voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Now notice something. Paul is hearing from the spirit of truth. This is what's going to happen. Now he wasn't in a position to change anything. He's chained. But he's still hearing from the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is attempting to lead that entire group out of trouble. Right? Because the truth is, there's a storm coming. Is that right? Brother Hagen said something one time. He said nobody in his immediate family, and that, that's like, you know, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles, He said, nobody in my immediate family has ever passed away that I didn't know they were going to die months in advance. That's important. That I'm I'm led on that level. You know, when when my dad moved to heaven, of course I'm the only son in the family, and so a lot lot of the responsibility of, of doing things and taking care of things fell to me. And my sister did an admirable job. She went and stayed for the better part of a month with Mom. Uh, but, you know, when, when, when we were there and when we got back, you know, people kept asking me, Hey, how you doing? You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. And hey, you know, everything's great. And, you know, it's, it's an oversimplification to say, well, I knew he was in heaven. And, and you know, a year and a half, and, and I've told them this, a year and a half before my dad moved to heaven, I was praying one time over here. In the place we were living, uh, just off of uh, Chennault. and the Lord said to me, He said, uh, uh, "Your father is gonna go to heaven before too long," and He said, "Start getting yourself ready now." And so I dealt with that grief and sorrow. I dealt with it right there. I said, "Jesus carried my griefs and carried my sorrows." Amen. Amen. And uh, the Monday night, that he Monday morning, early three o'clock in the morning. He, he called me and my sister, and he said, uh, uh, well, I've talked it over with the Lord, and uh, he said I can come home, and here's what he said. He said, he told me I didn't have to, but if I wanted to, I could, and he said, I've just decided I'm done. I, I want to go on. I don't like it here anymore. What a way to go, and you know, I, haven't told, I don't think I've told this publicly, but he was in bed that morning and my mother was getting things straightened up and you got to know my mother she's five foot nothing she i mean just you've heard 98 pounds soaking wet not even 90 pounds soaking wet probably but uh uh she was getting some things together and and she told my dad she said "Uh, uh roll over and here's what he said clear voice what what way on your right shoulder so he rolled over on his right shoulder she straightened what she needed to straighten and uh she said, okay, you can roll over. Nothing. She went over to the other side and said, you can roll over. Nothing. And she, she said, I just nudged him, and he was gone. Go. Go. Amen. What a way to go. Right? Now, now people will say, you know, but how, you know, why is that important? Because he, wa- he wants to prepare you for things that are coming. Yeah. So you can deal with them and be a help and help other people and bless other people. I was able to be a much bigger blessing to my mom and my family and the people that were there. Amen. I love my dad. My dad's my hero. But the the, the, the point is, is the Holy Spirit helped me see. Me weeping and wailing and, and, and crying at his grave was not gonna help anybody. I had to settle that. He's in heaven, he's with Jesus. I'm happy that he's there. Uh, when he went across, if, if, if there is a gate that you go across, I know what he did. He kicked his leg and went, whoop, and he's there. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but he led us there. He, we perceived that. Does that make sense? And uh, notice it says in verse 11, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship More than those things which were spoken by Paul. Why? The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. And because the haven was not commodious. Now, we don't use that word a lot. Comfortable. To winter in, the more part. So, in other words, they're kind of taking a vote. And the largest part of that cohort advised to depart if by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter, which is in haven of Crete, and lieth towards the southwest and northwest. When the south wind blew softly, supposing they attained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon, or a typhoon, or a nor'easter, or a violent wind. Now... You know the rest of that—how the, st- the 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 ship was broken up. But notice something: two things influenced their decision. The comfort of the harbor. This harbor's too small; it's not as comfortable as this other one. Yet, the guide is saying, "Don't leave." So that means that there may be situations that you find yourself in that are not the most comfortable situations. But you have a leading that you don't need to go. Don't go. Right? Why? I'm not comfortable in my spirit. Comfort in your spirit is more important than comfort in your flesh. So this is not a good harbor. This is not a good place. So we need to go because this is a bigger one It's better. And yet Paul's saying, guys... I perceive we're going to have problems. Right? But what does the natural man think about? Comfort. And then notice, then the south wind blew softly and they assumed they had achieved their purpose. Now, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but just human nature, having dealt with people for a number of years, I would imagine there was some very smug guys on that boat, you know, kind of giving Paul that look, yeah, yeah. You didn't want to go, look at this beautiful weather. Oh, the wind's blowing softly. We'll be there in no time. So the soft wind started blowing. But soon after, right? Comfort is never your leading or your guide. Do you see this? The soft wind convinced them they had made the right decision. Wrong reason. The harbor was uncomfortable. Wrong reason. The guide inside Paul knew the truth. He was trying to save them. You know, that's a great testimony. I mean, they all made it to the the island. Paul shook the snake off. None of that would have happened if they would have just stayed in the harbor. Right? There there are things God has to deliver people out of sometimes because they didn't listen to the guide in the first place. And then God has to come deliver them and do a miracle when they could have avoided it if they would have just stayed where they were at. That's so important. And I've heard great messages. Oh, some of them made it huh, on planks huh, and on barrels, huh, and they made it. They wouldn't have ever had to make it if they would have just stayed in the harbor. <laughs> Amen. Paul shook that snake off. He would have never saw that snake if they would have just stayed in the harbor. None of that was Paul's fault. That was natural people's fault. Yeah. Amen. all the truth he knew all the truth and attempted to lead them into it there was a young lady one time that went that still goes to Pastor Nancy's church in Murrieta, California and uh, she had wanted to go to the Super Bowl for years and uh, uh, finally got a ticket her and a bunch of her friends are going to go and she's got a Super Bowl ticket and they're going to drive to the Super Bowl. And uh, uh, her testimony is this. On the morning, the morning that she got up, now these are Christian people, the morning that she got up, right here, she sensed, don't go. She got the ticket, reserved the rooms, the money spent. Her friend showed up at the appointed time, knocked on the door, said, are you ready? They're so excited. She goes, I'm not going. I said, what do you mean you're not going? She said, I'm not going. I, I just, I, I sense I don't need to go. Man, they, they made fun of her. They, they just all but called her crazy. And she said, well, I love you guys, but I'm not going to override the Spirit. Thank God she went to a church that taught her not to override the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, they went, and they enjoyed the Super Bowl, and they took selfies and, and sent the pictures to her. Look what you're missing. You know, uh, uh, you're there at home, and we're here having a great time. On the way back home, they were in an accident and killed all of them. Now, you know, that's not just one of those stories that, yeah, you know, somebody died. No, it's, it's, it's to say, even though the money was spent, lots of money, I'm not, no amount of money spent is worth overriding the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so this was a dramatic story of deliverance but yet they would have never had to go through that if they would have just listened to the leading. Paul was, they weren't. Amen. Uh, Look at uh, 27 and 11. It says, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than the things that were spoken by Paul. The Ruth's Bible says, The centurion allowed himself to be persuaded by the steersman and the skipper rather than by the things that were being spoken by Paul. Now notice, one is being influenced and led by the Spirit of truth. The other's making the decision based on natural information. Never allow anyone to talk you out of the guidance of the Spirit of truth. If you know what the Spirit of truth is guiding you into, stay with that. That's important. That's important because the spirit of truth is leading me into victory. And if I allow someone to talk me out of it, if I do that enough, then the Holy Spirit becomes mute in my life because he's aware that I will listen to other voices more than him and he won't overpower other voices to get your attention. That's important because I've said this for years that the Holy Spirit is never unwilling or unable. He's just uninvited. And, and, and he's, we, we use this term a gentleman. Well, you know, a gentleman not only holds the door open and, and pulls the chair out. You know, a gentleman uh, watches how he uses his words. Uh, he's not uh, uh, rude or unmannerly. Is that right? Right. That's the Holy Spirit. He'll deal with you in his personality. But if he knows I'm going to listen to somebody else more, he becomes mute. Why? Because I have a will that he's not authorized to override. Is that right? Even in the Scripture, even in the Scripture... Jesus says over and over again, their hearts, their ears they have closed, their, or their eyes they have closed, their ears they have shut. They closed, they shut. They didn't listen. They wouldn't see. And I can't heal them. That's what he said. It's, it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. And so Paul is telling this centurion what the Holy Spirit's saying, and the centurion's hearing the other people the steersman, the 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 skipper of the ship. No, this is what we need to do. This is where we need to go. That, what does that guy know? He don't know anything about boats. Right? In Acts 27 verse 23. Now here's Paul. Remember there they've been in a uh uh a storm for Three days and nights, and sun or stars hadn't appeared. Verse 23. Actually, let's start in verse 22. I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there will be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. Now, isn't this amazing? Yeah. Now there's nobody going, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. Right? For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve saying, Fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and God hath given you all that sail with you. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe God, that it will be even as it was told me. So God is dealing with the one person on this ship that will be led. Amen. Amen. He's showing mercy to that entire group because of Paul. It's so vital that we listen rather than anyone, rather anyone else does or not. Because God will change things for the one person that's listening. Oh, glory. Isn't that right? Amen. If you're the only person listening in your family, keep listening. Because the spirit of truth is guiding you into all truth. Hallelujah. Then verse 44. We're almost done. This is after the ship broke up, and the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship, and it came to pass that they all escaped safe to land. Isn't it amazing? It all happened just like the one being led said it would. Everybody made it. The ship got broke up. Now, God had no purpose in this ship being destroyed. God didn't send the storm. He didn't send the storm because they were disobedient. He's, uh, you hear me? He tried to warn them about a storm he knew was coming. And they didn't listen. Amen. There are things that happen in people's lives that the Holy Spirit is trying to get them out of because God knows something's coming. There are things in the natural that God knows that He has not been authorized to stop or halt and he'll deal with somebody that it's coming. And if that person will listen and be led, they can help people avoid it. Amen. A large part, a large part of the reason why I look across our congregations and, and people have, have thrived and flourished and, and had victory in this season. It's, it's not because you did something that I said or any man said. You heard the word of the Lord that said, if you will stand for and on the word, you'll receive, right, the benefit, a manifestation of the Word like you've never seen before. And I hear that statement all the time. See, you're doing what the Holy Spirit told us as a body. You're not doing what I told you. You're doing what the Holy Spirit said. And when you do what the Holy Spirit says, that's truth. So when you look at that Word that God gave us, you are being guided into all truth. Amen. And it works. Ah, hallelujah. Do you see that? So the spirit of truth is guiding me into all truth. And let me, let me wrap this up with this. And, and, and again, it may be something elementary, but this is so important. It's this subject of being led by the Holy Spirit and his different nuances, flows that he leads us in. is so important. Because very often, all you get is a red light or a green light. I won't hear a voice or even sense a sensation, just a red light or a green light. And, and if I learn that early on, that if I get a red light, stop. Just stop. Right? I, again, it's, it's not going to hurt me to wait a little bit. If I got the green light, keep going. Yeah, but everybody else is stopping. But what do you have? A green light, keep going. Now, if everybody else is going and you got a red light, stop. Because the, the Spirit of truth is guiding you, and He's guiding you into all truth. When, uh, And, uh, you know, the, Bi- the Bible says we lead by precept and example. So we lead by the Word, we lead by example. And uh, the examples in my life that, that, that I have watched over the years, i watched them being led by the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and I've learned to, to, to train myself to, to do the same thing. And this applies to every area of our life. When we have to decide about doing something, what's the Holy Spirit say? Because we want to make this right decision. Where, where does my child need to go to school what what do we need to do what do we need to go this way or go this direction in the days that we're living in if we've ever needed to be led it's now if we've ever, and we've always needed it but we really need it now because the holy spirit will show you some things and, and I'll and 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 I, and I'll finish with this statement He'll, he'll show you inside information. Now, here's the key. Don't just go tell everybody. Charles Cap said something years ago. He said something years ago. He said there were some things the Lord told him. And he said, I went to the Lord. They hadn't come to pass. And I said, Lord, why hadn't these things come to pass? And he said, uh, because when I told you, you jumped out and started telling everybody and they started talking against what you were saying. And he said, when I tell you something, it's not always to tell everybody else. And, and, and uh, this was a couple days before Pastor Michelle sent me that that he had said. But I was praying one morning, and the Lord said, say nothing before the time. When God gives you inside information, That's so you can keep pulling it up and renewing your mind with it. This is what the Spirit said. That's where that message series on Wednesday nights, what's the Spirit say? That's where that came from. What does the Spirit say? That's that inside information. There are things that God will tell you about the season that we're in as a nation that He will reveal to you about certain things. And if you'll just listen, You'll be led and guided by it, and you'll be, you'll, you'll be led into all truth, and you'll see it all play out just the way the Holy Spirit said it to you. You know, the Lord said this to me, and you'll remember him saying this. He said in the fifth month, you remember the fifth month was May, two months ago. He said, I am going to show my grace to a people that have been largely disobedient. Remember that? And he said, yet because of my unchanging love and nature, I'm going to show them my grace. Now, you know, I've been, I've been looking for that. And I've seen it. Do you realize since the month of May that in our economy, just the natural economy, 4.6 million jobs have been added. They were predicting for the nation... A 25 to 30 percent unemployment increase. Increase to 25 to 30 percent. It's at 13 percent. Lowest unemployment rate in years. In the season that this nation's in. That's God's grace to a people that have been largely disobedient. I know, folks, I'm trying to just help you see this. I know we see the numbers, and the numbers can try to be staggering. But folks, listen to me. When you hear numbers, you're not hearing the truth. Are you following me? You've got to listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying. What is the Holy Ghost telling us? The Holy Ghost has said to us that Christian people praying have overwhelmed that virus. Yeah, but I don't see it. See? Yeah, but the steersman and the skipper said, we need to go. You don't let CNN override the Holy Ghost. Or Fox, or whoever you watch. What did the Holy Spirit say to you? Not just through me, what has he said to you? Get in your prayer closet and pray and ask the Holy Spirit what's going to be going on in the future. I need to know Because he didn't just say he would speak to his servants, the prophets. He said he would communicate directly to your spirit through the Holy Spirit. Anybody that will listen can know what's coming. Anybody. Glory be to God. I believe God. Amen.